0: On this episode of Building Your Wealth Muscle, Ken teaches us the important health insurance deadlines that you need to be aware of, what is Obamacare, and if it's right for you, how your health coverage will work in the event of a medical emergency. If your fitness business has employees, we're going to teach you how you can start a group plan for them. Towards the end, we dive into everything about the health savings account and why you might not be getting a tax deduction for your medical expenses without it. And we go into why you can use a health savings account to pay for part of your retirement. At the end, as always, stay tuned for your tip on building your wealth muscle, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Building Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast about building and protecting wealth for online health and fitness coaches. Each episode, we're gonna break down different topics in the areas of business, finance, and tax, and how they pertain to your coaching business. Disclaimer, the topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation. Please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making changes to your financial or tax situation. Now, here's your host, certified financial planner, Pat Darby. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Building Your Wealth Muscle. Today today's guest is Ken Garner. He's an expert in health insurance. Ken and I met because I moved out here to Nevada, here in Vegas from New Jersey, and I think you were the second person I spoke with trying to get on an individual plan here. So just so people know, like I did health insurance in New Jersey, but every state's completely different. So when I walked into Nevada I needed help because it's like, I don't know what all these different plans are. They're totally different than New Jersey. The first person I spoke with said, you can't get coverage because it's too late in the month. And I was like, that's not true. (laughs) Like I did, I knew enough about New Jersey, found Ken and he's like, not a problem. Took care of everything. So Ken knows his stuff and I am proof of it because he was able to get me straight through the process. So let's, let's dive right in. The first question I had, and I think this is going to be really helpful for anyone listening, for anyone listening, from the basics, like what is open enrollment and why should anyone even care?
1: Open enrollment is just the the time where you can make changes willy-nilly. You can do anything you want during that time, usually to start at XYZ date. So for right now, we're in the middle of the open enrollment to start on January 1st. And that extends right now through January 15th for some states. It is not the same for all. Um there has been you know extended open enrollments throughout these last couple of years due to COVID. You know, this last one went from you know March all the way through August. So anyone can get on for any reason. So that's all it really is. It allows you to make changes whenever you want for whatever reason.
0: And so we're recording this in 2021. Open enrollment is November first to December fifteenth. You're saying for January first deadline or in start of plan.
1: It's going to be through January fifteenth.
0: And if you if you start through January fifteenth, can you receive January first coverage retroactively?
1: If, if you do the application January first, it's going to start February first. So it's okay. always close to the up.
0: So anyone looking for January first coverage, their deadline is what. December 31st. December 31st. Okay. That's good to know. Perfect. The next thing that we should tackle is Obamacare. What is it and what is it not? So I don't know if you want to go over their website, the tax credits.
1: The one thing it is not is solely the marketplace. So Obamacare changed health insurance laws across the board with both individual plans as well as group plans. Now, the whole... The biggest change that they did was not asking medical questions. And though that sounds great, and it is for a lot of cases, but because they can't ask medical questions, they can no longer underwrite. And now they have to assume everybody's dying of cancer. And that's why you've seen our rates quadruple in the last six years. You know, I used to pay $60 for a really good plan, and now that's like $400. You know, it's just ridiculous. All because you can't underwrite anymore. I can't say, no, I don't want that risk as an as an insurance company. So that was one of the biggest changes by far that Obamacare had. Now, all the other stuff, little here and there, was good and bad, but nothing as quite dramatic as that. Now, the marketplace is often to referred to as Obamacare. Everyone says that's what Obamacare is. And they do have a point. It's not 100% accurate, but... That is a place where you utilize tax credits. Now, oddly enough, a lot of people qualify for that. You now They will qualify for the tax credits, and it's no different than a child tax credit. Now, you have a kid, you get two to $3,000 depending on the year. It's the same thing. This is just for premium tax credit. And they call it advanced because usually when you have a child tax credit, you get it when you file your taxes. But this, you're getting it Throughout the year in advance. Okay. So that's why it's called Advanced Premium Tax Credit. So that was the other massive change that Obamacare did.
0: So, what would your recommendation be for people that are not receiving the tax credit? Should they use the Obamacare website, healthcare.gov, no. or the state one?
1: I would not. No, it's more cumbersome. They've got a lot more questions that aren't necessary and you're not looking for a tax credit, all an insurance company needs to know is your basic info. Name, birthday, address, social, where you live. That's it. You don't need to answer all the other questions. And there's no trick questions. Like In a lot of these systems, they ask these vague questions that people get wrong all the time. And like that's where I got half of the clientele is just fixing people's applications because it was complicated. You know, it's getting better throughout the years, but I still get it all the time. So, no, if you're not getting tax credits, don't go through there. Go direct.
0: One of the other, they may have fixed it, I don't know, but years ago when I was doing insurance in New Jersey on Obamacare, the application sometimes just wouldn't save. Like, I knew what I was doing, and I would have to put someone's application in multiple times just because government websites. <laughs> yes,
1: we've had that a couple of
0: times, usually with this identity verification nonsense.
1: Um, if you had that and you exited out, it just got rid of it. You're an account entirely, like not just the application, you're an entire account. It deleted it. Yeah. So it's it's got some issues. It's not terrible, but it ain't perfect.
0: And one of the, one of the issues that I ran into, and let me know if you see the same in Nevada, is If you don't get the tax credits, and and again, I think we should emphasize this, if you're making the kind of income where you don't qualify, which is going to be most of these listeners, the challenge you're also going to run into is you're building a wall between yourself and the insurance company if you go through the government website. So if you call your insurance company and need to change something, they may direct you straight back to the website, in which case your customer service is going to be slim to none. I know you ran into that as well.
1: That's exactly the case. When I tell all my clients, call me. It takes me five minutes to fix something versus the three hours you're going to spend on the phone trying to fix it yourself. Yeah. So yes, you will run into that problem because everything is dictated by that government website. So the insurance company can't make a single change without their approval first.
0: Yeah. Can't emphasize that enough. So going big picture, if you're a fitness coach or fitness entrepreneur right now and you say, all right, I'm in open enrollment, I need to pick a health plan, what's some broad strokes to help them narrow it down in whatever state they're in from the dozens available to the one that's best for them? Uh, That's potentially a broad question, but.
1: Yes, because in Nevada, we have over 150 plans to choose from. So it's impossible for someone to just whittle it down to one. One of the main things you want to look at is copays. Now, I can't stress copays enough in most situations, and there's times where you don't really need them, but blood work is a big one. If you don't have a copay for blood work and you go and maybe easily can cost $1,000, I've seen it multiple times. That's a lot of money for a simple blood panel. And so and that would go towards your deductible. So a lot of people do emphasize on deductible. And I do not. Deductibles are meaningless because if something major happens to you, the out-of-pocket maximum is your risk. So if that is in the eight thousand dollars, even if you have a thousand dollar deductible and you go to the hospital and spend a hundred grand, you're gonna hit your maximum regardless of what your deductible is. So that's one of the key factors you want to look into. Is what's my out-of-pocket maximum? What's my worst-case scenario? Because that's what a lot of us are worried about. You know, especially we're not nickel-and-diming. Well, what's my copay to the doctor? I want to know if I'm going to pay ten thousand dollars if something happens to me.
0: That's a that's a great place to take this conversation. So people know again, like if you're young and healthy, and again, a lot of people listening to this are, they might feel compelled to skip health insurance if they're in a state that doesn't have a penalty because of that. And that's what I want to focus on for my clients. And what you just mentioned is a really great point. Like, God forbid you get injured and you end up in the emergency room. That could be hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on what needs to treat you. Um, Your maximum out-of-pocket overall is, again, every plan has the max out-of-pocket plus your 12 months of premium. That's your worst-case scenario, but can get into – for the listeners, the difference between in network and out of network and how that applies to emergencies as well.
1: Um, There's actually no difference when it comes to emergencies. So if you're out visiting your family in some other state, it doesn't matter if they have a network there or not, they're always treated as if you were in network in any kind of emergency situation. Now, I had a guy here from Nevada in Kentucky who had a heart attack. He spent three months in the hospital, didn't have to pay a dime other than his home out-of-pocket maximum. So For emergency purposes, I wouldn't worry about it one bit. It's only elective procedures. Like in in Nevada, we don't have the best of doctors. So you say, I want to go to California to see my heart surgeon. It's like, well, that one's a little bit hard. You can't do that. Now, if I have a heart attack while I'm there, then you're all right. But don't plan on that one.
0: So that's that's a perfect segue because we ran into this a lot in New Jersey because we literally were across the river from some of the best doctors in the world in Manhattan. And you had to tell clients, if you're on an individual plan, the vast majority of them do not let you cross state lines for, like you said, elective procedures going in saying, hey, check out my heart, my brain, you know, cancer check or whatever it is. But this is a perfect segue because that's individual. And you and I talked about this. If you go into the small group world, you may not save money, but the plans change. So I don't know if you want to dive into that.
1: Yeah, so small groups a lot of times don't save you very much money. They're either the same or equal or greater in price. A lot of them, at least here in Nevada, the better the plan gets, the better the price differential. Now on the group side of things, you've got a lot more options because they want employers to offer their employees good plans. So they will offer them better plans, you know, without a pocket maximums that aren't $8,000. You know, I had a plan last year, it was a $3,000 maximum HSA. Everybody loved that plan. It's like my worst case scenario is three grand. I can take that. The price was right too, and sadly they got rid of it because everybody took it. It was phenomenal. So you do get a lot of that. I mean, every state's different. Um, Here in Nevada, certain companies will utilize a nationwide network. And they'll have a a plan that doesn't. It is cheaper, but $15 isn't worth it in my book. But there are those options always.
0: Right. So if you're you're right now listening and you have an individual plan and you need to get, for whatever reason, to an out-of-state coverage, let's say you live in Vegas and you want to go to an LA surgeon um, and you were looking at, okay, I'll maybe get a small group. What are the rules around that? Cause you can't just decide you're a small group without meeting the eligibility rules. What are yes. those?
1: Um, every company is a little bit different, but in, in general, you need to have an employee to an employee or relationship. And that's the general rule. So a lot of these will go down to people as long as you have both of those. Now, some companies will stipulate, well, that can't be a spouse. It has to be a legitimate employee. Now, technically, that could be a spouse if they didn't live with you or an ex-spouse. near a different address. But that's the general rule. Now, most of them require a 75% participation rate. Now, that does not mean that 75% of your people have to take insurance, but rather 75% of the eligible people need to. So if you got 10 people and five of them have other coverage to their spouses or Medicare or Medicaid or wherever, they don't count at all. Now you're down to a group of five, four of them need to take it, if that makes sense. So, and there's different ways around that as well. You know, a true professional will know just how to get by all of that.
0: And so what is considered a full employee? Because a lot of people listening here, you're going to have virtual assistants. These are contractors. These are not employees. What does Lisa in Nevada call a full-time employee that's for eligibility?
1: Um, in Nevada, it's a W-2 uh, person working more than 30 hours. And those, they verify that through your quarterly wage and tax. And here we have the DETA report. I don't know if that's the same everywhere, but that's what we use to verify yes, this is an employee.
0: Perfect. And as I understand it, during open enrollment, there's some small group advantages as well versus getting it throughout the year.
1: Yes, uh, during January alone, they some companies will waive that participation requirement entirely. But that's not usually a problem. You, know, you start it when is best for you and your employees. You know, if this time of year is your busy season, don't do it. You know, it's okay to do it in November or June when it's slower. Because uh, and this time of year is the busiest for the insurance companies. So if you're wanting good service, now is not the time. We've got thousands of people renewing and you know, hundreds of groups renewing at the same time, it's a nightmare this time of year.
0: Yeah. So the last question about this the small group world, um, or I shouldn't say question, comparison. So on the individual side, we discussed, there are, there are ways when you work with professionals like Ken, there are ways to get coverage outside of open enrollment if you qualify. But in the small group world, there's a lot more flexibility if, Correct. If you want to dive into that a little bit.
1: Uh, Just because uh, as long as you meet those participations, you can start your plan at any given time. And then your plan will renew that time of year every year. If you want to change that, there's exceptions to change that. Uh, But that way, you're not getting sucked into everybody else renewing. You're doing it what's best for you and your company.
0: And so, the one rule that I talked about before on my social media, and this is the rule that I use when I met Ken, is if you move states, doesn't matter open enrollment, there's a handful of reasons when you can pick a new health plan um, outside of open enrollment. And changing states is one. So, if you're one of those people that are fleeing California, New Jersey, uh, New York, and you're heading to these zero tax states, um, that is an exception it's called a special enrollment period. Again, that's what allowed me to call Ken and say, Hey, I'm new to Nevada. I need a health plan.
1: Yes. And this year they changed the rule. I mean it used to be if you came in on like the twentieth, you couldn't get it until the following month. So you know, forty five days. They changed that rule this year, but usually when you move you also have loss of coverage. Because your old plan in New Jersey or wherever doesn't follow you. That's a loss. Um, you know, changing of address is the other one. There's a lot of other reasons why you can get on when you need to. So don't mm-hmm. let people tell you you can't because there's always a way.
0: Yeah, if if you take nothing away from the rest of this podcast, that's the one thing. Find a, an independent expert in your area because there's the rules and then there's the people that can actually navigate all of this. Because again, you'll hear no left and right and just keep finding someone who knows how to truly navigate health insurance independently. Because if you call the insurance company, you know what advice they're giving you to go with them.
1: Uh, The other tidbit of warning is I personally don't recommend short term plans. I cannot think of a single reason why they would be worthwhile. There's, they sound great on paper. When you start looking at them, and the sales guy is telling you all about them, but there's always holes. There's always gaps and reasons that they don't want to pay for something. And I've always said avoid them at all costs, because you'll be sad when they don't pay a hundred thousand dollar claim down the road.
0: Yeah, that's that's another point I would say about Obamacare in general. Again, I don't. There's a lot of things you can say that are negative about Obamacare, but that is one of the things I think is good. Their coverages are, I mean, you can speak to this, but they're comprehensive. So, yes,
1: and they have to meet certain criteria to be a plan, so you're never worrying about is this going to be covered or not.
0: Right. You're not going to get a tragic cancer diagnosis, and then they say, oh, that's not in it. You know, like that's thats the one, I mean, there's a few, but there, that's one thing I do like about Obamacare's rules. Absolutely. So let's pivot into what people probably hear about and they need to pay attention more to, especially because the people listening here are all business owners. The health savings account. What is that and why should people care?
1: Uh, Health savings account is a separate account that you can have through whether it's your money market account, your bank, Wells Fargo will do it. I don't think Bank of America does. That You can put money into tax-free, just like an IRA. You put money into that tax-free or tax-deductible, and you utilize that for your your purposes. Now, the health savings account you can use for any health-related items. Now, that ruling is very broad. Um, You can look it up on IRS website. You know, for instance, house upgrades. If you are in a wheelchair and you need to put a ramp in your house, you can use your HSA account for that. Or dental and vision is something you can use it for. Anything medically related. Um, and it's a wonderful way to save money.
0: The, the one thing that I want to emphasize is that if you're not familiar with the tax code, you might be thinking to yourself, I get medical tax deductions. Like if I spend $1,000 in copays, I'm getting that because I know my accountant told me that there's a medical deduction. That most people don't get that, and I don't know if you want to dive into that. Um, I can go into it deeper if if you like. But um, Ken, you want to talk to them about why they're not getting their deduction like they think they are?
1: Well, a lot of them, if I'm not mistaken, you have to reach a certain amount before you can
0: start getting a medical de- deduction. I was pretty certain it was around ten grand. It's it's seven right now in 2021. It's seven and a half percent. So if you're listening to this and you're making Two hundred grand in profit out of your business, until you hit $15,000 of medical expenses, you're not expensing anything. And it's only the the first dollar. So if you spend $16,000 in medical expenses in 2021, you get a $1,000 deduction. So what Ken and I are talking about, and we're going to dive deeper into this over the next few minutes, most people are not getting their medical tax deduction. Unless... If you decide to use an HSA, a health savings account plan, then the game changes for you. So pay attention because, again, I really want to emphasize the benefit of using these plans. Now, I'll let Ken give because he'll know better, but this isn't an FSA with people like the flexible spending account. There's a difference. I mean,
1: there's a massive difference. So the biggest difference is that an FSA is use it or lose it. So if you don't utilize that money, it's gone. The IRS gets to keep it, whereas an HSA, it's not. You get to keep it, and it rolls over year after year. So that's the biggest difference. Now, an FSA has a little bit more leeway, like in child care and stuff like that, whereas the HSA doesn't, but you never lose your money, and that's one of the big key factors that people don't know that keeps them away from utilizing an HSA. They think they're going to lose their money, and they're not.
0: What's even more exciting about an HSA is it's the only money that you never pay tax on as long as you use it for a qualified medical expense. The money goes in with a tax deduction. It can grow with no taxes and you pull it out and you pay for a doctor's visit, no taxes. An IRA doesn't do that. A Roth IRA doesn't do that. Not a 401k doesn't do that. Only the health savings account.
1: And people think that it's just sitting in a little piggy bank. But in reality, you can put it into a money market account and invest in stocks and bonds and everything else, just like you would a normal IRA. So you can really let that money grow completely tax-free. You know, And at the end, when you turn 65, you can now utilize that money towards Medicare premiums as well, because those are never going away. You can <laughs> utilize it for a lot of things. Or if you need to take that money out, for whatever reason, you can, just like a traditional IRA, if you so chose. So there's a lot of benefits to it.
0: Yeah, I want to emphasize exactly what Ken just said. When you start an HSA, just using hypothetical scenario, let's say you have a $1,000 worth of expenses. You You don't have to use your HSA for those expenses today say, for those expenses today. And then as long as they kept track say for those expenses today, you're reimbursing themselves for legitimate back of all their receipts. They can pull all that money back out, again, tax-free. And now they have this pot of money that's medical expenses. And now they have this pot of money that's medical expenses it's been growing. And if rather than, so you can reimburse it's been growing, and it's been growing, and if from your social security, which the people listening to Then you turn 65 and you start paying your Medicare premiums from it. What's being held from here. Maybe social security won't be there, but your, your risk, your, your risk. Yes.
1: Yes. The main, the main downside is that there are usually no copays. So everything must go towards a deductible first. So whether that's a $1,000 deductible or an $8,000 deductible, it always goes there first. After which you'll have coinsurance, whether it's a percentage or a copay after that. But that's the main downside. Whereas if you've got medications, maybe where you see do blood work twice a year, you know instead of having to copay for that it's going towards your deductible so that is the main downside to the hsa plan
0: yeah what i used to tell people in hsa you essentially don't have health insurance until you've hit your deductible pretty much it's a you're you're out of pocket for everything
1: yes now you're using the contracted rates which are usually not bad um when you break it down, a lot of times they're just as much as a copay is, but it's going to feel like you don't have insurance because you're not going to pay a, a flat dollar amount. You're going to pay some arbitrary number that you won't know until after you get the service done. Uh, so, yes, it will feel like you do not have insurance until you hit that maximum.
0: Right. And to qualify to be an HSA, it has to meet that requirement, that Ken said. You have to have a high deductible. So. Um, your premiums may be lower. Your deductibles are going to be much higher. Um, but what's the limit this year? How much can people put away? Can
1: um, they can do three thousand six hundred for an individual and seven thousand two hundred for a family? Um, Perfect. That saves you if you're paying thirty percent taxes. That's one to two thousand dollars right
0: there. And again, so let's dive into not just. The advantages of it. We talked about Medicare. What are some of the other things people can buy with their HSA account that they may not already be aware of?
1: Um, Some of the things that they can utilize it for is long term care. Um, I know long term care is a super expensive aspect of being old. Um, And 90% of people do not have a long term care plan. Uh, Really, they should just get it through their life insurance with the long term care benefit. Um, But That's one thing that can be utilized for that really saves people in the long run. You know, having a pocket of money tax-free that you can use for that stuff when you need it. Um, Other benefits are mostly tax advantages, and a lot of them have lower out-of-pocket maximums than traditional plans. So I usually recommend it for two kinds of people. The super healthy who are not worried about the doctor visit and are worried about what's my worst-case scenario – or the super unhealthy who say, I know I'm gonna have a surgery this year. Like, how do I limit my my exposure? Well, HSAs tend to have a lower out-of-pocket maximum, they're cheaper, and you get the tax benefits on top of it. So I absolutely recommend that, hands down. You'll pay more in the first couple months because you're gonna have your surgery totally worth it in the long run over the course of a year.
0: Yeah. What would you say? Because if someone's going to have a ton of doctor's visits and they're worried about the out-of-pocket, one of the things I would recommend, and I don't know if you would agree with this, is moving to like a gold plan, especially if you're self-employed, moving to a plan that's so good that you pay very little out-of-pocket. Because then, I mean, I think as a business owner, the goal is that you don't have dollars just thrown away. You want to either use them as a tax deduction or not at all. So if you think you're going to be in poor medical condition or a lot of prescriptions, what are your thoughts on just getting like a gold plan and having almost no deductible? So that way almost everything out of pocket is your premium.
1: Uh, it depends on the rate structures of where you're at. So this, like, this last year, that $3,000 deductible HSA plan was amazing because the difference in premium was minimal. Whereas yeah, three yeah. years ago, a gold HSA was $400 more, that didn't make financial sense. So I'd usually take the year's premium plus my worst case scenario minus my taxes, and that's my exposure. So if that pans out to do a gold plan, great, go for it. But I would do that calculation for each plan.
0: So if you're listening, as you can see, like one of the first questions we asked that we went into, this gives a little more light as to, all right, you don't know anything, you're, you're going to get a plan, you're going to find the the Ken Garner in your state, and you're going to start checking things off the box, these are the conversations you should be having. If they're not asking you like what you are expecting in terms of doctor's visits, prescriptions, get somebody else because they're not really looking at the situation. They're just selling you a plan. Would you agree with that?
1: I would. I um, mean, you know, I don't ask everybody, but everyone always else- – brings that up. It's like, I see these doctors or this is my condition. Cause I just let people talk. It's like, I'll just sit back and let them talk. Cause they'll tell me everything they want me to know. And if I need to know something, I'll ask it that way. I'm more of a consultant. I'm not a sales guy. It's like, I care about who you're going to go see, what kind of experience you're going to get as well as how much you're going to end up paying for this. Cause that's right now, especially in our time is, is, People are worried about how much things are costing. And do you have those risks? Insurance is all about risk and reward. So you definitely wanna have someone who takes the time to listen. Let's
0: dive back in and give some more information on anyone who's like, okay, this, this health savings account sounds great. One, how do they know if they already have one? And two, what do they need to do if they wanted to contribute for 2021?
1: Um, You'd have to have a, on your card, it should say HSA on it. Big letters, when it names the plan, it'll say H.S.A. That way you can know. Or you can call your insurance company and find out. Um, There is, if you want to contribute for 2021 and you don't currently have one, there is a hidden rule that says if you start on December 1st of 2021, you can contribute the whole year's worth as long as you keep the plan for 13 months, which typically means you keep it for like 23 months, but that's the one rule. So that way you can utilize both 2021 and 2022 to contribute towards this uh, HSA fund.
0: But that's the only way to really get it. Right. So if you, if you switched plans recently from a regular to an HSA, for whatever reason you, you were allowed to switch plans, you're still eligible for 2021, but you cannot switch to a non-HSA for next year if you're gonna use that that rule or that loophole. Right. Um, and the other perk is whether, if you say, oh, perfect, 3,600, I wanna do that, but I don't have the money right now. You have until April 15th of 2022 to put your 2021 money in. So it, it, right. it works just like your Roth IRA or your traditional IRA. Um, it's the tax filing deadline is your contribution deadline. So you have some, some extra time to fund this. Now, if someone is listening and they're like, okay, this sounds great. I better quickly get a December 1st coverage. And they think they qualify for, or they don't know if they qualify for a special enrollment period. Other than changing states, can you go through a, a few other opportunities people would have for to switch a plan in November?
1: Um, There's quite a few. It depends on your state, but losing coverage is a qualifying event. Now, it doesn't say why you lost coverage. It just says, did you lose coverage? So they're supposed to end up stipulating whether you cancel it on your own or not, but they don't, at least not in the state of Nevada. It just says you lost coverage as of this date, and therefore you can qualify for another one. So changing companies is one way to get by that because internally they don't know. All they see is this letter that says you lost coverage. They don't see why. They don't see what kind of plan you had. They don't see any of that. So that's one aspect. Not saying you want to change your insurance company because maybe your doctors would change too. But that is one loophole that one could utilize. Because changing address, you'd have to change Um, The insurance company's boundaries, so to speak. So if they're in multiple states, that might not work either.
0: Perfect. So how would one find an independent broker in their area?
1: I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I most of it's word of mouth. Um, 90% of people find me or word of mouth. Um, You can go to your local government website and find people that way. Um, Nahu is a good way to find usually pretty good people. Um, Nahu is the National Association of Health Underwriters. And typically those of us who subscribe there and spend the money there, it's because this is what we do. And we want to learn and know everything we can. And that's a place that we go to do it.
0: So that's one good place
1: outside of that
0: referrals. So let's recap everything. I know we, so let's recap everything. I know we we talked about a lot today. Um, if you had to boil it down to, for fitness using their health insurance, that will help them either build. They are their number one asset. So let's protect it. What would your,
1: Yes. Uh, First thing is don't go without health insurance. Everyone says I'm young and healthy and I don't need it, but anything can happen to anybody at any time. You know, I had a 22-year-old kid who had a motorcycle accident, hundred thousand dollar claim, and he had no insurance. Like his motorcycle policies was not covering it. I couldn't help him. So, health insurance is vastly and vitally important to protecting your wealth. Rich people have health insurance too. They don't want to spend money on medical bills when they don't have to. So it's vastly important to have it. Outside of that, pick a plan that fits you. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Whether you're healthy or unhealthy or you know, well-off or not, you can utilize tax credits as well uh, if you're eligible. Because there's HSA plans inside the marketplace um, utilizing tax credits as well. So find a plan that best suits you and your personal situation.
0: This is this has been extremely helpful, Ken. If our listeners want to learn more about you or get in touch with you and your company, what's the best way for them to find you?
1: Um, usually just text me, call me. You can shoot me an email. Um, A to Z Insurance is the name of the company here in Las Vegas. Uh, if you Google that though, it's going to show up something in Arizona because apparently,
0: A Z. We'll we'll have links in the show notes for the for the so, to get in touch with Ken.
1: Now, I can answer generic questions about other states, um, you know, simple things. Uh, the biggest thing I don't know about other states is networks. What companies are good versus not good? I can read a plan all day long. That's easy. But if they're going to have your doctor or they're going to give you a hard time about this, that, and the other, that stuff, it's impossible to know.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great point that we didn't talk about before. Again, when we said it's important to work with someone local. There's a lot of national companies out there that, mm-hmm. again, I don't know how you feel about them. When I moved to Nevada, I looked at some of those first. And the thing I didn't like is they don't show you everything. And then more importantly, when you call up, you're talking to someone who's probably covering dozens of states. And they don't – again, you can speak to it better, but I don't think they have the expertise to really help you.
1: You can't. They There's no way for you to know – more than maybe two or three states and you get these chains that just put it into a a quota that puts out these numbers oh that looks like a good plan well tell me a little bit more about that plan it's got a good deductible got good co-pays it's it's very difficult to know now here in nevada we have three new insurance companies i don't trust new insurance companies until they've been here for at least three years because that tells me they're financially stable they're not jacking up their rates because usually by the third year they will. <laughs> um, and they're going to stick around because when insurance companies leave, it's not pretty. Not only does everyone have to change their, their plans and doctors, and sometimes they pay claims and sometimes they don't. So I, I definitely don't trust new companies in a market. I'll, I'll let them sit there for a couple of years before I start recommending them. But you wouldn't know that unless someone told you that. So all you see is, oh, there's a new company. They're offering a plan. It looks good.
0: Yeah. And the price is probably favorable.
1: Usually. They're trying to buy business typically.
0: Right. So I would just leave that as like our one takeaway is please find an independent expert in your area because health insurance doesn't have to be super complicated if you find your local Ken because they're experts in it and makes this a lot smoother than you sitting there staring at plans that all look the same on a website
1: mm mm-hmm. yeah you we usually whittle it down to 10 that are actually worthwhile right
0: and the then other the, la- 150 la- done. <laughs> the last takeaway is again if you're listening to this we're recording this in early november 2021 so if you're listening to this and you're still inside of open enrollment please don't let that go by because this is the opportunity where things are just smooth and easy um, and again can you remind the listeners what's open enrollment period
1: at least for nevada it's january november 1st through january 15th
0: i believe that's also the same thing for like the healthcare.gov website so any state that participates in that Um, so it's going to cover most of the states
1: most of them they've adopted it because of the issues they've had in years past
0: perfect thank you for joining us this week on building your wealth muscle make sure you visit our website darbyba.com where you can subscribe to the show in itunes spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and while you're at it if you found value we'd appreciate a ratings on itunes or simply tell a friend about the show that would help us as well for more information on the topics covered you can follow pat on instagram at patdarbybiz. the download from this episode is available in the show notes and if you want help building your wealth specifically Pat Darby is currently taking private clients. The link to book a call is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.